Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Tossing and turning all night like a salad? It's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker, and I thought, if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate, so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. I'm Jill, and this is the Sober Powered Podcast. I'll tell you how I finally stopped chasing the buzz and what I've learned along the way. Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. I'm Jill, and if you're new here, I'm a sober scientist who talks about the science and psychology of addiction. If that sounds interesting, please subscribe. Today, I'm going to talk about anger. This has been my biggest struggle in sobriety and something that I'm still currently working on. You'll learn what triggers feelings of anger, what happens in the body when we feel angry, and my advice for releasing some of your anger. 
After all of the feedback that I got from episode 35, Emotional Sobriety, I decided to write an ebook to go more in depth on the topic and give you some tips to develop emotional sobriety. The ebook is live on my website right now, and for the first weekend of its release, it will be on sale for 25% off. The sale ends Sunday, March 28th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern. Use the link in my show notes or visit soberpowered.com slash shop to get your copy. So let's dig in. I made a post recently about how my biggest struggle in sobriety is anger. And to my surprise, basically every comment I received was from someone who was also really angry. It seems like it's very common for people who struggle with alcohol or other drugs to also struggle with anger. A 2016 study looked at the relationship between anger and substance abuse treatment outcomes and found that people with high levels of anger are more likely to abuse alcohol or other drugs and to struggle with other psychological issues. This study also found that 80% of the participants who had high levels of anger also struggled with depression. So anger's been my biggest struggle, and that really surprised me. This intense rage just showed up out of nowhere. For the first year, I had so much rage. It would just show up and stick around for days. It made it difficult for me to function. I started therapy when I was four months sober, and it took a while, but now I'm not overcome with rage anymore. I still feel angry a lot, but I can live my life at the same time. I didn't think that I was an angry person or had unresolved anger, but apparently I do, and I am putting in the work to move past it. When I first stopped drinking, I was so angry at everyone around me. I was angry that everyone could drink and I couldn't. And I was angry at the people closest to me for not helping me. I felt like everyone knew I had a problem, but did nothing or even encouraged me to keep drinking. I know that maybe their help or concern wouldn't have made an impact on my drinking, but at the very least, it would have made me feel that I was cared about. I was a mess and plenty of people witnessed it. I was able to release this feeling eventually because I realized there's really nothing that anyone can do now to make me feel better about it. There's no apology or explanation that would help. It's how I feel and it's just factual that I feel this way. So I let it go. That took some time. It wasn't just a decision that I made one day, but holding on to resentment that can't be fixed really wasn't helping my life. So if this is you, I encourage you to think, what could this person or these people do that would help you feel better? And if the answer is nothing, then you need to work on accepting that and moving past it. Common triggers that make us feel angry are feeling threatened, frustrated, powerless, disrespected, rejected, or that we're being treated unfairly. The way we react to a situation depends on our childhood, past experiences, and current circumstances. Feeling disrespected is probably my biggest trigger for anger. 
If we weren't able to safely express our anger in the past for whatever reason, those feelings can remain and make those particular situations feel very overwhelming and more likely to make you angry. This also means feelings of anger can build up on themselves. So when you're angry, you aren't just angry about what's going on right now. You're also bringing in unresolved anger from the past. Anger is classified as a secondary emotion because it never occurs by itself without any other feelings. It's usually preceded by pain and becomes anger when this pain is combined with an anger triggering thought. Anger always has a target. It's always directed against something, even if we are the ones making ourselves angry. Anger can also be a substitute emotion, which means we feel anger so we don't have to feel pain. This is a way to protect and distract ourselves from the pain. We think about the target of our anger instead of thinking about why we're in pain. So if we go back to my example of what I was angry about, the pain that was behind that anger is feeling that no one cared about me enough to have that uncomfortable conversation about my drinking, that sure they cared about me, but sitting me down and expressing their concerns was just too much and they didn't want to deal with it. So that's the pain behind feeling angry at them and for being angry at drinkers who can go out and have one drink and move on with their lives, I would say the pain behind that is jealousy, shame, all those kinds of feelings. So it's very important to deal with your anger when you stop drinking. It could be that you're angry at yourself, other people, groups of people, or just at the world in general. If we don't learn to process our anger, then we will be constantly triggering ourselves and risking going backwards. Anger is strongly tied to relapse because of how intense the emotion is. Anger activates the amygdala before we're really even aware that we're feeling angry. The amygdala activates the hypothalamus and the hypothalamus releases corticotropin-releasing hormone and sends this to the pituitary gland. And this causes the pituitary gland to release adrenocorticotropic hormone, which activates the adrenal glands and the adrenal glands secrete stress hormones like cortisol, adrenaline, and noradrenaline. So this is a big cascade that starts in our brain and then our brain sends signals for hormones to be produced and those hormones that are produced then make their way to the adrenal glands and that is where stress hormones are produced and released. Elevated cortisol changes the way that neurons send signals. This is a complicated topic to explain but to put it simply, neurons take in positively charged ions like calcium and sodium. So an ion just means that it has a charge. If it doesn't have a charge, it would be called an atom. A buildup of this positive charge is what makes the neuron fire and send a signal. When we drink, alcohol stimulates GABA, which interacts with neurons and makes them accept negative charges like chlorine. 
Since the buildup of positive charges is what allows the neuron to send a signal, increasing the amount of negative charges in the neuron calms it down and prevents it from sending a signal at all. If you have my anxiety ebook, there are some pictures that show this on pages five and six. This ebook is free, by the way. Just use the link in the show notes to get your copy. Anyway, so cortisol causes neurons to take in too much calcium, which makes them too active. There are two areas of the brain that are more vulnerable to cortisol and anger than others, the prefrontal cortex and the hippocampus. Too much cortisol can make neurons in the prefrontal cortex die, which prevents us from using good judgment and thinking of things in advance. So that means we're more living in the moment and very impulsive. Too much cortisol in the hippocampus can also cause those neurons to die, which weakens our short-term memory and messes with the consolidation of short-term memory into long-term memory. This explains why we may not have a full memory of a heated argument. Elevated cortisol also decreases serotonin, which makes it easier for us to feel anger, pain, and depression. Physiologically, anger has a widespread effect on the body. It increases our heart rate and blood pressure, decreases the number of some of our immune system cells that protect us from infection, slows down blood flow and metabolism in the digestive system, increases the incidence of migraines and headaches, and even increases intraocular pressure, which is the fluid pressure inside the eye. Therapy has helped me the most with my anger, so I recommend working with a therapist. I try to pay attention and get curious about my anger. Why am I feeling this way? What set me off? When I try to trace it back to an event, it helps me identify my triggers. I go back through my day event by event and try to remember if I was angry at that point or not. I can usually pinpoint the moment that the anger got worse. My biggest anger trigger is feeling like people don't respect me or my time. I hate when my time is wasted by other people. That really makes me mad. Once we identify these triggers, we can learn to avoid them. I had a coworker who wasn't respecting me or my time for months, and it was seriously making me angry. It's easy to just say, well, I can't avoid my coworker and stay angry about it. Instead, I found ways to work more independently and not as a team. So now they don't have nearly as much opportunity to disrespect my time. If you have friends or family that are triggers for your anger, then you need to decide how to limit time with them or work on changing your mindset. Sobriety has allowed me to accept reality, and part of that is accepting people for who they actually are. It doesn't mean that I have to like it or like them, but I'm not trying to change anyone or pretend that someone is what they're not, and I don't get angry when they're consistently being the person that I don't like. Once I made this mindset change, I was able to not let other people's crap affect me as much. 
If a family member makes a passive-aggressive comment about me, it's fine. They do that constantly, so who cares? I just roll my eyes in my head and move on. It doesn't bother me at all. Angry exercising helps a lot too. When I've been really overcome with rage, going on a rage walk or going to the gym and lifting the heaviest thing I can find helps me get the anger out of my body. If you just sit around with overwhelming rage, you're going to be massively triggered because what gets rid of negative feelings faster and better than alcohol? You need to do something to get that anger out of your body. Channeling it into exercise is a great way to do that and you'll feel better within like 30 minutes. You could also rage clean your house. That's another one that I do a lot. Take it out on your dirty dishes. Another thing that helps me when I'm angry is baking cookies. I know going to sugar isn't really the best idea, but I don't have a problem with sugar. If sugar is an issue for you, then obviously please ignore this tip. But when I'm super angry, distracting myself by baking cookies is great. They smell so nice and cookies make everyone happy. My anger goes down to a manageable level in the time that it takes to bake them. It isn't even eating the sugar that helps. It's just the act of preparing them. This could be anything for you. It doesn't have to be cookies. You can also vent to a trusted friend or partner. I like to vent to my husband and he's really good about it. He hypes me up and makes me laugh. When I was complaining about that coworker I told you about, he'd say things like, what a freaking jerk. I can't even believe that guy. What the hell, man? Who does that? It's really validating to have someone act like what you're angry about is offensive and outrageous to them. I don't recommend venting to the same person about the same stuff over and over because they really just won't want to talk to you anymore. Eventually, we do need to resolve our own problems or accept that they are things that we can't change. I hope that these tips were helpful. Please share this episode on social and let me know what your favorite part is. Make sure to use the link in the show notes or go to soberpowered.com shop to purchase my emotional sobriety ebook. Remember, it's on sale until Sunday night at 11.59 p.m. Eastern. And let me know if you have any ideas for future ebooks. And I will talk to you guys next week. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how-tos for navigating all the things sober, from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories, and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.